Hello and welcome to another episode of Tattoos and Torah. As usual, I'm your host, Rabbi Iggy. And today I want to talk a little bit about transitions. I want to talk a little bit about transitions and fear. Perhaps one of the most important and the hardest skills to learn, both as a child and definitely as an adult, is transition. The fact that we are constantly are asked to behave well, strongly in transition. Moving from a house to a different house, moving apartments, moving across the city or to a different city, moving from being single to being married, of being married to divorce, from sick to healthy or healthy to sick, from somebody who is identifying as an addict to somebody maybe who is in recovery uh, and vice versa sometimes, God forbid. All these different elements of our lives require us to transition. We're constantly being put to the test on how we move from one space to another, from an emotional space, from a spiritual space, from a personal space. How we move from one side to another is very fraught and very difficult because we want to hold on to things that we have achieved or we want to hold on to our identities that we worked very hard to create. And the world asking us to transition to move from one space to another is difficult because it requires us to let go of something that was working for us, or or at least we thought was working for us, to something that we don't know. One of the most interesting conversations I've had with somebody in recovery was somebody who was early in recovery and he came to a group that we were running. It was uh, the first 30 days group that we were running. And he was talking about the pain that he was in. He was talking about how he is feeling uncomfortable and wants to go out on the run, right? Wants to go out and use again. And that we're sitting there telling him that it's going to be okay, that it's going to get better. And that to hold on to, right, to, to wait out the feelings that he's having of pain and discomfort, which are very real. And he said this, He said, you're asking me to hold on. You're asking me to embrace this pain and this misery, something I've been trying to avoid my whole life, something the world keeps telling me to try and avoid my whole life, right? Try and avoid pain, try and avoid misery. You're asking me to hold on here. But I know that if I leave this room and I go out to the street and call my dealer, I will feel better within 10 minutes. Within 10 minutes, I will feel much better than I do right now. And you're asking me to hold on on a promise that it will go away, knowing that it's not going to go away in 10 minutes. It's going to go away in a lot more time than that. I don't want to do that. Tell me why I should do that. And of course, we went into uh, conversations about recovery and a better life and all that. And it is true that those promises do come true. If you are able to hold on, you're able to have everything in your life that you actually want. There's no doubt in that. We've proven that multiple times. But that transition, the movement from one space to another, the ability to actually hold on to that is very difficult. Even as children, as very young children, if you ever noticed uh, a child um, going to bed, they almost always cry. They cry and it's heartbreaking, right? I'm a father of two, although they're now teenagers. But then when they were really young, right, they cry and you want to soothe them and you want to hold them. But why are they crying? They're crying because when you are this young, a baby or a toddler, falling asleep requires a 
really tight balance between letting go and knowing that you need to not think about am I asleep yet? It is a very delicate balance of our ability to just surrender and let sleep fall, something that you can't, of course, turn on, right? The more you ask yourself, am I asleep yet? Am I asleep yet? Am I asleep yet? The more you're not going to be asleep, right? The rumination part is, is difficult. And I think that's very difficult even for very young babies because that emotional part of transitioning from one state to another is very, very difficult. So they cry. And we... As adults are in very similar states a lot of the time and sometimes we cry but sometimes our cry looks like something different it looks like our fighting this transition trying to do the same thing over and over and over again thinking maybe we'll have a different result something that i think is attributed to einstein but i'm not sure uh, about the definition of insanity right doing the same thing over and over again uh, expecting different results nobody really wants to change it's very difficult to change, even when you want to. It's very difficult to ask ourselves, what is wrong with the life I have and trying something new? I'm going through this right now, trying to build something in New York City, right? Letting go of a life that was pretty much set for me in Los Angeles. And I keep asking myself, how am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Is it worth it? Is my pain worth it? I read somewhere a long time ago something that helps me through this, which is if you want something you've never had, you have to do things you've never done. And that really helps me transition from one space to another. It helps me to understand that I need to do something different. But that doesn't make it any easier. And for a lot of people, change is so scary that they try and fight it knowing that they actually really want the result of the change, but not the actual work of the change. I've been asked multiple times at the center that we're building, the Chuva Center in New York, if it's going to be kosher or not. So it's going to be kosher. It's going to be kosher because I want people to be able to come in and feel safe in that space. People who keep kosher, of course. But it's also reminds me of conversation I keep having with people about what is the greater value of things. The greater value is pikuach nefesh. The greater value is to actually save somebody's life because saving somebody's life is the highest value in Judaism. And even in a time where there is a conflict between eating kosher, for example, and saving life or breaking Shabbat and saving lives, Saving lives always comes first. Why am I telling you this? Because something that's very interesting, of course, about drugs and alcohol, right, especially with drugs, is that cocaine, meth, heroin, um, it's kosher. Not only is it kosher, it's parv. That is, you can have a meat meal, a fleischik meal, as they call it in my household, and actually then go for dessert for a little bit of heroin. It is sometimes so ridiculous that we have to make ourselves or make our children choose between right, their ability, between their wanting to save their lives and hold on to something like keeping kosher. Now, I'm not trying to make light of it. It's very important for a lot of people and people's values are very important to me and to others and I want to respect that. But you have to ask yourself, what is the greater value? What is the value in your life 
that is the most important. This is a general discussion about values and how we hold on to them. Because if you're holding on to the lesser values in something and not the higher values of something, you are afraid of change. You don't want to actually do the things that you say you want to do. You don't actually want to walk the walk. You just want to talk the talk. And sometimes there's sacrifices to be made. It is our job to try and lessen those sacrifices. But it is nonetheless important to recognize the sacrifices have to be made. Because if you are afraid and you're not able to lean into that fear, to understand that fear, to articulate that fear, you will not be able to learn the lessons that that fear is trying to teach you. If you want a better life, you're going to have to change. And if you're going to have to change, you're going to have to face your fears. And if you're going to have to face your fears, you're going to have to understand for yourself that transition is something that is both part of the human condition and everybody has to go through it, but that it will make you feel uncomfortable, uneasy, and you will fight it. You will fight it ad absurdum, the Latin phrase for ridiculous or absurd. I'll repeat myself again. If you want things you've never had, you got to have to do things you've never done. That is the essence of change. Our ability to take sovereignty over ourselves and to inventory our life, which we'll talk in a different episode, and see how can we move from one space to another? How can we identify from one thing to another? I'll end with a story that when I had to come out, I was petrified, of course. I was petrified to come out to my parents. I was petrified to come out to my friends. What will they think of me? Will they reject me? Yes, some have rejected me. Some have hurt my feelings dearly. Some have not been able to see beyond the sexual orientation and put me in a box that they don't want in their life. And that hurt. And that's very difficult. But the promise of a better life for me as a person, as a man, as a rabbi, as a friend, as a partner, as a father, all these different things, all the things that we can be better at, all the parts of our life that we can find meaning in, only come from our ability to actually stand for the truth and our authenticity. And very often, truth and authenticity asks us, demands us to transition from one state to another, going through fear to become the people that we want to become.